0: Texas 512 is part of the Texas Podcast Network for Conversations Changing the World. Brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the host and not the University of Texas at Austin.
1: This is Sam Torres, Texas Longhorn fan, native Austinite, admissions counselor, and your host with the most. And this is Texas 512. Anyways, welcome to everybody to another episode of texas 512 i am your host with the most sam torres and today i am very excited and very nervous to um have these very special guests with me now previously the people that have listened to the podcast had asked me were you not nervous whenever you were interviewing you know the executive director of admissions and the director of recruitment i was like yeah kind of but now i have the direct supervisors to the admissions counselors the center directors. So as some of y'all may know, we have uh, various centers across the state of Texas, and these are the leaders. These are our bosses. Um, these are the people that can get us fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyways, that's enough of a spiel about them. I'm going to go ahead and allow them to introduce themselves. And um, as I did with Michaela in the admissions counselor episode, since Alex is my boss, I'll go ahead and have her start off first. Also, she goes first alphabetically as well.
0: I planned it that way. It was a long time before coming Uh, but i'm alex taylor i have the honor and privilege of being the director of central texas and national recruitment i'm located on campus i uh, am thrilled to get to work with sam uh, as well as the rest of the team here and i've had the distinct pleasure of being with the university for almost six years
1: david if you want to go next you're next alphabetically
2: All right. So thank you, Sam. Uh, My name is David Garcia. I'm the director of the Valley Admission Center, which is in the Rio Grande Valley. We also serve South Texas, which is Corpus Christi, Laredo and the surrounding area, pretty much everything south of San Antonio. Great. Veronica?
3: Hi, yes, everyone.
4: So my name is Veronica Pena, and I'm the director of the Houston Admission Center. I've been with UT for about uh, over nine years, going to hit 10 this October. And uh, my area, so Houston, the Houston Admission Center not only covers the greater Houston area, um, but also we have an admissions counselor out in El Paso that's a part of our team
3: here in Houston.
1: And last but not least, Vitia.
3: Of course, alphabetically last, but first in your hearts. Remember that? So uh, my name is Vitya Martinez and I'm the center director for the Dallas Admission Center. And we cover pretty much all of North Texas. When you think of like Panhandle, down to West Texas, across DFW, all the way to East Texas. That's the territory that we cover up here. Um, And I have been with the University It'll be three years this September, so about two
1: and a half now. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you all so much for joining me today. I know that y'all are super busy people. Um, So the fact that y'all took some time out of your day on this Friday to meet with me and have a conversation, um, I really do sincerely appreciate it. Before we get into our questions for today, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. And whenever we get back, we're going to get to know our center directors a little bit more. So don't go away. We will be right back. back. Um, So first things first, uh, for those that are familiar with this show, I usually take this segment to kind of uh, get to know um, my guests a little bit more. And I do ask this kind of more on behalf of the rest of us admissions counselors. So obviously we work with y'all in the capacity that y'all are our supervisors and stuff like that. So sometimes we gotta be real serious with y'all. But we, I guess I just wanted to ask like when you're not working um, and leading us to success, um, what are y'all up to? What does your weekend look like? And don't say more work. I know that some of y'all Work on the weekends, um, but what do you have? What do you do when you have time to yourself? And, and feel free to you know keep some things private if you want to. You don't have to go super into detail, but just tell us what. What are your hobbies? What are you doing?
4: Well, I'll I'll go. I and uh, everyone knows this here on on this. Probably not you, Sam, but I CrossFit. So I have been CrossFitting for a while. So I like to lift those weights. And, um, that, that's what I do on the weekends or after work. And I'm, I'm, I'm in grad school as well. So I do some homework in between.
2: Uh, so on the weekends, I do have, uh, a three-year-old. And uh, my my wife and I have a three-year-old, so we usually are spending time with him on the weekends, uh, trying to do, you know, fun stuff outside. Obviously, with the COVID situation right now, we're not able to do a lot of the stuff we used to do in regards to going to parks and going out to places like museums and stuff like that. Um, But recently, we've just kind of been hanging out with him, trying to get him as active as possible. Um, And then also spending time with my immediate family as well. Um, and so just just kind of stuff like that uh, we enjoy sports uh, i'm a huge sports fan as you well, i know you can't see but the background here in my office is um, pretty much all burnt orange out. so i'm a huge sports fan so we're usually watching a game or um, if we have a chance you know usually we would go to a game or something like that uh, so pretty much family time is what i do on the weekends i'll
3: go next so i'm the other parent in the group and i have three children um, I have two teenagers and an eight-year-old. And so my life, any free time I have is devoted to them because I am everybody's chauffeur. So my husband and I kind of tag team and in- He'll take somebody here, and I'll take the other one there. And we're really excited that our oldest is 16 and is about to drive and be on our own so that we don't have three people. We just have two little people to drive around. So our weekends consist of taking them to their athletic events. So we have soccer players and a softball player. So that is literally where we are every weekend. Um, Even when it rains, we are out there. Like last night, it rained here, and we were sitting in the rain, in the cold rain, watching the kid play soccer. That's love. That is truly love. And then I will say we try our very best my husband and I to have some time together whatever it is. So whether it's just locking ourselves um in the garage <laughs> outside just to hang out or trying to find somewhere that it has a patio so we can sit outside and just kind of enjoy just the time that we have alone. But pretty much with um, everything that's going on that's The only thing that really we have the opportunity to do is take a kid to an athletic event or try to spend time together. Wow, I
0: don't have kids. Uh, So this is Alex from Central Texas. Uh, I live here in Austin, which before the pandemic was a very different experience. Uh, I'm... Uh, I'm very big into volunteering and of course the pandemic has put a, a, you know, really put a damper on that, but I'm highly involved in the junior league of Austin. Uh, i really proud to be on the diversity equity and inclusion committee there. Uh, volunteer with the Christie Center, which is a community uh, counseling group. So I do children's grief support, uh, counseling. Uh, and then the thing I really love to do most is as much as I love all of my colleagues and love working with students and love working with everyone and love working with people. I'm an introvert at heart. And my favorite thing to do is just get out into the woods, go backpacking, go camping, just be alone in the woods for days on end uh, with my dog Georgie. Uh, And in the weekends, I love hiking. There's so many trails around here. I feel really, really fortunate being here in Austin and being able to take advantage of that. Um, And then I'm a superior napper. That's uh, the other thing I really uh, excel at is napping.
1: It's it's such a um, stark difference between us really like in terms of what we do Y'all are talking about spending time with your families and volunteering and go to the the gym And then what do I do after work? I just pull up this little Nintendo switch of mine and play video games now that I'm out of grad school I'm like oh, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy my freedom right now not think about anything productive and just play video games so Anyways speaking about having fun. uh, I wanted to go ahead and move on to this next question that I I pulled from Google so recently a lot of my podcasts I've been pulling some questions from Google but um, I also just thought it was a great question because in uh, Texas 512 we always like to talk about food and music. Now we're going to talk about music. Um, so if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life imagine this is basically like your wrestling
2: entry theme right? Um, what song would you choose and why? I'll, I'll go next. Um, I am a big hip hop fan so I think kind of anything that's hip-hop-wise. I'm a big fan of sports, I like I said before, so I really like the big sports entrance, you know, the smoke and the lights and everything and, and the hip-hop music. So I don't know exactly what song. I'm a, a big Jay-Z fan. Jay-Z is my favorite artist, so it'd probably be something by Jay-Z, but I am a big fan of that, so I could see kind of having a, an intro song. I don't know which one, but it'd be a hip-hop song and probably something by Jay-Z.
1: Some of y'all are thinking long and hard about this one.
3: <laughs> so I also like hip-hop, um, so I'm just going to go with an artist the way David did, because that makes it easier. But me, and please don't judge me, my 14-year-old my really loved Tupac, so... It might be something from him. Um, I try to listen to edited versions around her. Um, Then when I'm by myself in the car, I'll probably hear something he has. So just something maybe by him, walking in so that you can notice me and hear me and feel me. Yeah, that's probably who the artist would choose.
4: I got my song it will be so it's an Elton John song and you know I might not know the whole meaning of the song so maybe I need to go do that research but um, I like the Florence and Machine version of uh, Tiny Dancer it's a lot of fun I think it's a little elegant nice vibe to it that would be mine as of right now that I can think of if not it would be um, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb by Selena this is so hard <laughs>
3: Uh, so,
0: I I have to start with so I, I have to start with an artist as well. And honestly, um, for me, it's probably gonna be Bruce Springsteen, an East Coast Girl. That's never gonna stop. And I might go with No Surrender uh, from the Born in the USA album. But there's so many good songs. Uh, but if I had to just really zero in, uh, but if you asked me this question tomorrow, I might tell you something entirely different.
1: You know, and the real reason I asked this is because if y'all did have a theme song, we would know when you're coming to check on us in the office once things are back to normal. So we'd hear it and it, it, like imagining in the valley and like, you know, all your teams just sitting there and then they just hear like a Jay-Z song in the background, like Holy Grail or something. And they're like, David's coming. <laughs> Act like you're working. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. We totally are always working at every single hour of the day. I promise. <laughs> Now, uh, the the last question I wanted to ask, and I know that um, I I asked is. This- around the, the, the time of the beginning of this podcast. And uh, a lot of us have been watching a lot of TV lately. I know for sure that that's been something that, you know, with quarantine, I've started to do that a lot more. I really wasn't a big TV and movie person. Um, and now, you know, not having the opportunity to go outside as much. Um, you know, I've gotten a chance to just watch some more stuff. And so I wanted to ask y'all, um, you know, what have you been watching? And out of everything that you have watched since last March, whenever this whole ordeal happened, Um, What show or movie has been your favorite?
4: All of them. I think I've watched a lot of everything. Um, Anything that was coming out, done. I've already seen it. So um, the creepiest one, though, Night Stalker, was very creepy. Um, And I, yeah, that was very, that was horrible. Um, I I think I've watched all of them. Like, base. I mean, all of Office again, but, you know, they got rid of that Um, Anything that would come out, your girl has seen it already. Mm -hmm. So I finally watched The
0: Wire. I'm a million years late on this, but I finally watched The Wire. And when I say I watched The Wire, I mean like I watched all of The Wire, all the seasons of The Wire in like two weeks. I too do work. I do. I do work and I go outside and I do my hiking. But I also was just hooked on The Wire. Uh, Also, because I had HBO Max, they have such an amazing collection of classic movies. So I just went right back into all of those, Philadelphia stories. so many good things that are on that sort of like TCM curated area. Uh, But wow, The Wire, I finally get it.
3: For me, it just depends on the mood I was in at that particular time or whatever. But I'm with Veronica. I pretty much have been watching whatever I can um, so I just recently finished watching um, Bridgerton. Everybody was talking about it, so I had to see it. Um, but my favorite really um, show that I watched and I could re-watch over and over was um, Schitt's Creek. I loved it. I can watch it. And you know, David, sometimes I'll send you little memes about David because David, um, but that's probably my favorite. But it just kind of depends. I really love... Um, like investigation kind of shows. So I just bought Discovery Plus so that I could binge on weekends, like those kind of TV shows, you know, maybe some kind of ghost hunting kind of thing. So I'm pretty excited about this weekend. I'm excited for five o'clock today so I can turn it on and watch some tonight.
2: So on my end with a three-year-old and for anybody out there who has a young child you know that your streaming services are full of paw patrol bluey pj mask all of these other cartoons you know pretty much all day long so if you look at at our our streaming services that's what you're going to see is popping up as number one uh but on the times that we do have on the side to watch our own shows uh, my wife and i just watched a true crime series about the disappearing at the cecil hotel in san francisco um, and I have a psychology degree, so kind of the whole time I was like, okay, it, it, I don't really think it was a conspiracy. I think she just, you know, had, uh, uh, you know, something that was going on in, in her personal life. So uh, that, was, that was interesting to me. Um, I also like a lot of, I think, probably dark dramas. Uh, I like Ozark. I like Narcos Mexico a lot of those shows. So uh, that's kind of what I watched over the past couple of years. Again, when I do have time to have the streaming services to myself and, and uh, you know, my wife and I get to watch our own shows. So,
1: Oh, no, yeah, for sure. So for our listeners, this was basically a cheat sheet for y'all to, uh, if you're like trying to figure out what to watch, um, now you've got a couple of show recommendations. So check out some of the stuff that's been mentioned today. Uh, well, that does it for this segment. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. And whenever we get back, we're going to get to know y'all a little bit more Um, on the professional and career side of things. So don't go away. We will be right back. (laughs) And we have returned. So now I want to dive a little bit deeper on the professional side of things for y'all. So, um, you know, some of y'all kind of already started talking about like how long you have been in this position, how long you've been working at UT Austin. Um, So I want to know a little bit more about your career. How did you even get involved in this career field? You know, this is something that has come up in a couple of different episodes, just how, you know, higher education sometimes tends to be something that you don't really think about whenever you're in college. And it just kind of like ends up happening for some, some people do know um, but i want to know how you got involved and what motivates you to serve in the role that you currently serve in right now
0: i was supposed to be an english professor this just happened. Um, as I was uh, so I went to school for uh, I went to school for English literature. Actually, I originally went to school for pre-law and um, was going to go to law school. And I was like, "That's just not me. I love books." Um, <laughs> and this goes to show you, you can do anything with an English degree. And then I was in graduate school for more English literature because I really loved books. And I started teaching high school English. Uh, as a long-term substitute, and I actually, that's when I discovered that I loved working with high schoolers. I um, I loved education. I This was just something about this really felt right, and that's when I decided to focus instead of on sort of academia, which really is much more removed from education. Um, Instead, focus on education it wasn't my training it wasn't my background but it it swiftly became my passion and i then moved into private school admissions and at that school had the opportunity to serve as the uh director of guidance because silly this is very silly i was the youngest person on staff and so they thought well you kind of remember the college process the most so can you help the seniors um, and being a part of that really special time in their lives was so rewarding and so the the joke was that I would get the kids into the school and then I would get them out of the school and from there i I then moved from the college counseling side of the desk to the college recruitment side of the desk and have just grown in, in this career ever since because it's, uh, it's such a rewarding uh, experience to have to help a student navigate this experience. I'm first generation. My father didn't complete high school. My mother is from Mexico and uh, families are, are all in different places. Students are all in different places. And there's going to be a perfect fit somewhere in this country for every single student even though we all represent one school, um, in our hearts, all we really want is to see a student find that right fit for them and just find their, you know, you know, have that positive experience along their journey, even if it doesn't mean they end up here. So, um, my weird stumbling journey brought me to this university and I, you know, really couldn't imagine devoting my heart to anything else.
4: So I was, um, a tour guide in college and I really just enjoyed one. I talk a lot in general, so I really just like talking to people. Um, but also when I was in high school, I never really had too much push for college, um, I knew from my family, they were like, you're, you're going to college or the military. I couldn't really do push-ups at the time. So I was like, well, that's not going to work out for me. Um, so I, I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't have anybody there helping me through that process in the high school. And so the roles that I've taken, you know, I started as an admissions counselor, really allowed me to kind of do both of those things that I enjoyed or was lacking when I was in high school. So getting to help students go to college and have conversations about college with with all these wonderful uh, high school students. And then also bringing in my tour guide experience of working at a university in my undergrad. So I think that's kind of where I found myself wanting to go into this career path of admissions. Um, I didn't go to school to do that, though. I went to school to be an event planner, which we definitely do that in this job. So it works out also. (laughs) Um, But I wasn't when I was in college, I wasn't like, I want to be an admissions counselor. Um, But here I am and I enjoy it.
2: So like my colleagues, um, didn't plan to work in admissions. Uh, like I mentioned before, I uh, have a bachelor's and actually master's degree as well in psychology. So my plan had always been to become a clinical psychologist. Um, that definitely changed. Uh, I actually started my first year out of college. I worked in a mental health facility. Uh, then I actually worked uh, registration in an ER in a hospital here in the Valley. So that was uh, definitely an interesting experience as well. But then I got an opportunity to work at a local technical, college uh, TSTC shout out to the technical and community colleges out there uh, so I got an admissions counselor position at TSTC here locally in Harlingen and uh, again no experience but I just got that experience to to work with students uh, and again being a first generation student myself uh, being the son of a single mom uh, that you know had no college experience really and she was you know trying to, to, to guide me. Even though, you know, she had only taken a couple of classes here and there, uh, just being able to guide students was really a powerful uh, you know, thing to me to be able to do. Uh, and then after that, after I worked at TCC for one year and then I had the the director of the UT Valley Admission Center here, the the director that opened up the office, gave me an opportunity with a one year experience uh, to say, hey, coming in as a missions counselor with UT Austin uh, was, and, and that was just, you know, a great opportunity for me. Uh, and so being able to do this, I've now been with UT Austin for a little over 11 years, started I as an AC1, uh, then went to an AC2 and then became the director of the, the, the Valley Admission Center. But just over all these years, again, being able to see students that are like myself, uh, first generation students, um, you know, uh, uh, children of, of single parents kind of going through the struggle and trying to figure out what you want to do and finding trying to find opportunities, being able to guide them has been huge for me. And, and again, just seeing myself and a lot of those students and being able to provide them opportunities. And like, you know, Alex said, whether it's being whether you're, you're staying in the, the city that you're at or you're going far away for college. Just giving opportunities to students is something that I always cherish, and it's something that is kind of a big part of of what continues to fuel me and what I I want to do here at UT.
3: Like others have said, this for me really fell on my lap. When I graduated with my undergrad degree, um, I still had to stay in the city that I was in because my husband still had to finish. So, in order to make it work in that city, you pretty much worked for the university. So, I was looking for a job and the office of admissions was the first one to call me back and they did an interview. And because I spoke Spanish, they were like, all right, you're hired. We're going to have you go and recruit in El Paso. So I did that for two years. Um, and from the very first time I walked into a high school, and I talk to students, I'm like, where was this when I was in high school? Like, why didn't anyone tell me that people did this? Like, this is kind of fun. Um, so I, I've i been doing that. Like, I've worked my way up. And um, one thing I love about it is that it's kept me young because I'm always working with a young group of kids. So I age, they stay the same so that I feel young. But um, I truly love what I do. I truly love that I get to help student find their pathway, whether it's with us or another institution, like I've given them everything I possibly can here. And, um, if they come here, great, but if they don't, at least they knew what their options were, which is something that I really didn't have, you know, as a first gen student myself, it was pretty much, you can stay at home, go to college here or go somewhere, just do something. Um, and now that we have, you know, people like us who can actually tell students, here are so many options for you. Here's that a, um, you can go here, you can go there, you can go so many places. You don't have to just stay home. But if you wanted to stay local, you could too. So I really love um, that. That's something that I get to do. So what started off as just a job to have a job because we have to stay in the city for a little bit became the career that I truly am passionate about and truly excited to grow in.
1: <laughs> That's so great. I mean, it, it seems like we all pretty much have a very similar um, goal in serving in this job. And now kind of picking backing off of that, you know, talking about the experience that you have had so far. Um, and, you know, we hope that this isn't anytime soon because we love to have y'all here at UT and, and working for the Office of Admissions. But I wanted to see like after this, what's the next step? Where do you see yourself and what What's your dream job? Like, where do you ultimately want to be? Unless you want to be in a, a, a center director for forever, but you know, we all know that everybody has those aspirations.
4: So, when I retire, this is what I'm going to—my dream job when I retire. Okay. I really really want to work at a candy factory but that that's later after I'm you know retiring from the world of higher education catch me at the candy factory making making some candy because that you see those videos right and I just that's what I want to do when I am an old old woman uh, besides that after this role um I have no clue I'm you know I'm gonna be getting my master's. In the next two years, hopefully, if you know things keep going the way they are, um, and I, I actually I don't know I, I definitely do want to still stick within uh, admissions. Uh, it's honestly really hard to leave the University of Texas because they are such an amazing institution um, to, to be a part of. I mean, UT is. And I'm not just trying to plug UT here, but I mean, they are um, changing the game in many ways in higher education, um, in admissions, enrollment management, UT is stepping it up and there's so many changes and it's incredible. And so I I really feel if you're going to be in Texas, they're the university you want to work for. So it's definitely hard to step away from that. So I I don't know where I'm going to be in the next few years after I get my master's, um, I, I have no clue, actually, but it's funny because we talk to our, our high school students all the time. We're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they're like, I don't know. And right now I'm literally sounding like them. I don't know. <laughs> because there's so there's so much you, you can do and there's so many opportunities at UT as well.
3: I like to consider myself like uh, a lifelong learner. So one of the things I do see in my future is... Um, Three to four years from now, um, I will be referred to as Dr. Martinez, hopefully first. Um, That's what I want. Um, I see myself possibly being, you know, a director of admissions, Um, even if it's at a a small campus, like even those small campuses can still impact that community that they're with. And so that's where I see myself. But first, I need to be Dr. Martinez first and then start doing all that.
0: Yeah, I try to be very much in uh, just in the moment, um, and honestly, in the time that I've been at the university, I feel that this the university's changed and this office has changed, and a lot of it has just been kind of going with it, um, and and seeing and experiencing all the opportunities that have come. Um, I'm really devoted to uh to working with this age group and to volunteerism
2: i think just being in in a position to be able to provide that input and especially with the experiences that we have uh, to be able to say you know i was once in your shoes And I can now help you to navigate, you know, these these waters that are probably something that you or your family has never gone through before. Uh, So just being able to provide some input on that, provide some leadership on that, guide teams to provide the best opportunities that they can for students. I think that's one of the things I enjoy about my my job the most is leading people and letting them know what I experienced when I first started and how, you know, that can kind of lead to them doing their job better. Uh, It is something that I really enjoy. So just kind of continue doing that, continue to provide some kind of leadership for for staff uh, and provide opportunities for students. That's so awesome. And,
1: uh, I, I too also want to go on and get a doctoral degree at some point. So I really do relate to y'all with that. Um, Alex knows this, she told me I need to slow down, Uh, but I just, I do need to enjoy my freedom right now. Um, but so I guess, I think this is a really good segue to the next question, I think. So, um, obviously y'all have been in these positions for, for quite some time now. And so I wanted to ask y'all what has been one of your your proudest moments as a Senator director, whether it was something that you were able to accomplish or it's something that you helped your team accomplish.
4: I would say, and this is more of a recent thing. I mean, there's been a number of, of things out there, uh, but like most recently with all of the just devastation that we've been facing over the last year and a half. And, you know, most recently the past few weeks, here in the great state of Texas, um, it's it's been really great to be able to be a part of a team that we've been just helping each other through everything. And it's not just about the work. So we are working, we are getting things done and helping others, but we're also helping each other through this process. And so I don't feel like every um, place you're going to go work is going to have that kind of support. And I I think it's very important. Um, You know, we don't have to do things outside of this environment, but we do because we care. And I, I think that's why we're in this profession because we care and we care with our students, but we also do it within our own like admissions family I guess you would say and so that's really as a supervisor it's really great to see that happen amongst your staff and the people you're working with or even just like across us right here so like Vitya and Alex and David if one of us is like look overwhelmed with live, they're like okay here you go let us let us do this let us help you here right um and whether it's a joke or helping out or whatever the case may be i think that's always a proud moment to to be in this position to be able to to help us all you know everyone brings everything together so and it might be a little separate from an answer you were probably hoping for just about working with students but i think most recently that's what i've been seeing because some of my friends who work in other industries or at other places um with everything happening, they're like, well, do y'all like, how do you help your employees? They're like, well, this is what we've been doing. And they're like, oh, our employer never even really reached out to us. I was like, ours reached out every day, you know, or, or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, actually along those lines,
0: when, when I do think about proudest moments, I I could pinpoint really great experiences and thank you notes and things like that from from helping students but honestly that's part of the job like giving your all for a student and and helping them and guiding them that's part of the job it's wonderful to get thanks but you're you're doing your job and I think that my proudest moments have come from the cultivation of the amazing staff that I have had the honor to manage. Being able to uh, cultivate these amazing admissions counselors, help them find their passion for working with students, and help them to realize where they want to go and how they want to use this. Because so many people find admissions in a a different way, they start to realize the different things they love about it. And maybe it's not necessarily staying in admissions, but it's working with students or it's the data analysis or it's something. And so I think that my proudest moments as a center director have been serving in that leadership capacity and being able to uh, be a bit of a mentor for young professionals. And that's why it it's an honor to work with you, Sam, and watch you grow, and see what you've done with this podcast, and see what you do with your students and families. Because you are excellent.
3: Um, I've only been in this capacity for, like I said, two and a half years, so not the longest. But um, I'm with the other two. I'm with Veronica and Alex. When they say, um, you know, it's great to hear from students and see what they've been doing and what what they've gone, you know, gone to do in it and whatnot. Um, but truly, it's. The DAC team for me, um, seeing how since day one we've been a united front, I'm always helping one another. Um, and then even through this past year that has been really difficult for everyone, um, just watching everyone really on our team just pick up where somebody couldn't because something happened. Um, or, you know, just having a good time when it's been a really rough week and we can still joke and have a good time. Just seeing that we all want to be a part of something great and we all want to ensure that everybody's still having a good time in the roughest times. And so I don't want to say that's me um, but because it's truly all of us. I think all of us on the DAC team bring something, but I'm proud that we're able to really be a family. One of the things I've always noticed is that, um, we're, we're our family outside of our regular family, you know, our families at home, but this is another family that sometimes we spend more time with this family than we do with our families at home. And so I'm just really, um, excited and proud to be a part of a team that really sees that as well. And, um, the same along the lines with Alex Taylor, like, I want to see the team grow whether it's with us or not with us so i have you know i'm gonna say chris on my team is supposed to be going to law school this fall and so we're all pushing and excited for him um and whatever is going to come from that but then everybody else on the team as well we're all pushing and excited for what their next step is and i want to be able to give them the resources here that they need um to be successful because then when they are successful we can go back and say hey like he was on our team like that was our person and say, you know, we had a little bit of assist in helping that person become who they are now. So um, for me, it's just that, like, again, I love what we do for the students. I love it I cherish that, but I really, truly love the team that I'm a part of and seeing them grow um, and helping them along the way has truly been in the last two and a half years, my proudest moments.
2: So, on my end, um, a little bit different. I think being part of the Valley Admissions Center for a little over 11 years now, uh, I think just kind of my proudest moment overall is just allowing the, the students from the Valley, you know, giving them exposure to the university and knowing what opportunities are available to them. And then vice versa, also letting the university know how great the students and the Valley is overall and South Texas. Um, you know, when you talk about the Rio Grande Valley, we don't have the name recognition necessarily of Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. Not everybody can find us on a map unless you ask them if they know where South Padre Island is. And then they say, oh, yeah, I went there once in college. Uh, But besides that, you know, people don't know where the Rio Grande Valley is all the time. So I think just being able to provide, again, the students from the Valley an opportunity to know how great UT is and the opportunities that are there and all the things that they can do and also letting the university know how great the Valley is. I think one of the best moments for the valley was uh i guess what's well, been over a year now uh when uh jimmy fallon went to to campus uh, at ut and you know had the the big show there um and brought up students from the valley and there's was this one student when they he asked her you know where are you from and she said mission texas puro 956 And that Puro 956 was just a huge moment of pride for everybody in the valley, because it was like, yes, we are seen, we're known, now you kind of know what we're about. Uh, I think everybody started looking up that term. People started creating videos about what the valley really is, how it's 1.3 million people strong so many great things that are happening down here. Uh, so I think that just having that opportunity, uh, you know, one of the things that we always try to do, my staff and I always try to do if people come down from Austin uh, is give them a small gift, a small token to tell them thank you. Thank you for coming down that five and a half hour drive or, you know, a flight where you have to, it's not always a direct flight. You have to go to Houston and then come down here. It takes a while to get down here. Uh, so thank you for coming down and we want you to remember us. We want you to remember the valley. Hopefully we're able to be hospitable to you and hopefully you'll come back to provide opportunities to our students. And so that's kind of think been my proudest moments. And I hope, you know, my, my staff uh, probably feel that same way as well. You should be able to, to represent it, represent our area with pride and uh, let everybody know what the Valley is about.
1: <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> and you know, um, I, I just wanted to say this it, y'all have have said so many great things about y'all's teams and I, I don't know if y'all hear this enough but uh, I think just personally based off of my experiences working with y'all I've, I've worked with y'all uh, well Alex the most obviously but I've worked with some of y'all in a, in a very limited capacity and I've always had great experiences um, working with every single one of you and so I, I don't think there could have been any better people uh, to be leading these teams um, at i'm not just saying that to butter y'all up or anything like that i really do sincerely mean that (laughs) I I really exactly you already said that so I'm not trying to like you know get on y'all's good side or anything like that but I think that it's it it's safe to say that that y'all should also be recognized for the amazing work that y'all do uh, for each of your centers and for this university so um, of course on behalf of everybody I want to say thank you for all the hard work that y'all put in um, and all the extra effort and care that y'all put in and making sure that your teams are taken care of reaching out to us whenever you know things aren't necessarily the easiest and just guiding us through everything so really really thank you for that. Um we're coming up on time. Uh and so I want to allow y'all to have enough time to of course plug whatever you want. It is that time of the show where I allow my guests to go ahead and plug anything that they want. So I will stop talking. The floor is now yours if y'all want to go ahead and start in reverse alphabetical order this time.
3: I don't know what to plug in yet. Let me think about it. Veronica? Uh, uh, uh.
4: Okay, let's think about it. Um, Okay, I'm going to plug. If you have not tried a bean and cheese taco with bacon, you need to, okay? Because here in Houston, you go to a taco place, you ask for that, they're like, what? Um, But anywhere you go, just try eating that, okay? Bean and cheese taco with bacon. No egg, nothing else. Bean and cheese with bacon.
3: And a sweet tea. Okay, I have a plug now. So this morning on my drive to the office, when I'm by myself in the car, the radio's on, and I want to sing my heart out, but sometimes I'm like, people are watching. Don't worry about who's watching what you're doing. Live your moment, sing out loud. So when I leave here later on, I'm going to sing out loud and, you know, make dance moves in the car and just have a good time. I think I need that after the last week and a half that we've had. I think I just need to... Do that. So I'm plugging it in. Do not worry about who's watching you. Sing that little song of yours and have a good old time. Pretend like you have tinted windows.
2: All right. So I do have something I want to plug. um, Talking about the valley, Uh, there's a festival that usually happens every year at this time. It's called Chato Days. Again, a lot of people may not be familiar with it unless you're from Brownsville or the Valley. It happens in Brownsville, Texas, every year. Uh, of course, like everything else with well, a COVID situation has been canceled for this year. Uh, but UC was actually very uh, proud to be able to have a float in the parade. The past two years, we started out in 2019 and then we had a float again in 2020. We had students from uh, the Lower Valley that were on the floats every year, admitted students. Um, so I, it, it's just an amazing festival. It's going on since 1938. Uh, it's... Um, Celebration of the two cultures, uh, you know, the United States and Mexico. Uh, it's the celebration of the two sister cities, Brownsville, Texas, and Matamoros, Mexico. Uh, so, just it, it's a huge festival that happens every year. Um, if you want to check it out, you can go to find the website ChatoDaysFiesta.com.
0: Rescue pets, just rescue pets. Rescue pets. There are so many pets that are out there to be rescued. My dog Georgie is a rescue, and he is wonderful. Also, he's part pitbull. Don't be scared of pitbull. My pet, my Georgie, is the sweetest dog in the world. Uh, and another thing I just want to plug is the initiative with the Junior League of Austin that is so wonderful. It's called the Food and Tummies Program that uh, prepares food st- uh, shelf-stable backpacks full of food uh, for over a thousand elementary school students in the Dell Valley District every single week. So uh, to prevent um, food scarcity over the weekend for these students. And we've been working super, super hard every year. It's been going on for almost 10 years. So the Food and Tummies Program is something, if you've never heard of, it check it out we're always looking for sponsors and donations and things like that and that's for the junior league of austin it's one of our uh, fantastic programs that helps supports children uh, so that they can get better grades in school so they can have support so they can have food in their tummies
1: awesome thank y'all so much for your plugs and thank y'all so much for being here once again i really do sincerely appreciate y'all taking the time out of your busy friday uh to meet with me today uh, but that is the conclusion of today's episode my name is sam torres i have been your host with the most stay cool stay hydrated and hook them horns i will see you next week